0: Hi everyone, welcome to Chat Shit, Get Fit and welcome to a brand new series, Chatting Supplements. In this series, we'll be exploring the vast world of health supplementation, giving you our thoughts and of course, bringing you the latest scientific literature as well. And as you'll soon discover, most of this literature is actually explored inside a Minecraft library. (laughs) Yep, you heard that right. So in this first episode of Chatting Supplements, we tackle the big one in protein. We look at what it is, do you need to actually supplement it, how much do you actually need and all the different types out there on offer and more as well. I just want to stress as well that we're not sponsored or anything like that by any of the products we mentioned today. It's pretty much a shame isn't it because I would love to have pushed a 40 pound protein that I'd never ever use. Anyway let's get into this week's episode. Good evening, Tom.
1: Good evening. Welcome back, mate. Welcome back.
0: Podcast is back. Up We've had a couple of weeks off. For those of you who are regular listeners, if you're a new listener, welcome to the show. And you've uh, joined us with a brand new series. This week, we start the supplement series where we're going to spend the next sort of... I don't know how long it's going to take. It's probably 10-plus episodes in this series, I would have thought. Where we're going to cover a wide range of supplements. But we thought we'd start with a a bit of a bang. We'll start with a big one. We'll start with protein.
1: Now, you do say covering... I would prefer the real term here, which is we're going to be shilling about Sh- this series. We are going to be shilling. We're going to be shilling these products because we are definitely going to be getting sponsored off this episode.
0: Well, you don't know, so we're, we're not actually getting any money for any of these products, but we're going to mention quite a few.
1: I've already shown the brand. They've got to.
0: What I'll do is I'll tag all of these companies that we mentioned in this episode at the uh, the off chance that we get some sort of... um
1: Yeah, do you know, if you throw the net out enough times, you're eventually going to catch something... I mean, it ain't necessarily going to be a fish. It might be like an old number plate, but, you know, it's something.
0: Better than enough for the day.
1: Exactly. (laughs) But, yeah, mate, it's uh, good to be back. It is good to be back. It's a bit of a weird time in the world at the moment with everything that's going on. But, I mean, uh, there's also, you know, some positives as well. I mean, the main positive that I've come across this week, mate, is the whole situation with that Minecraft library. Mm. So to put this into perspective, whenever we do these episodes... In regards to scientific research and the papers and the studies we post, most times they're locked behind paywalls. Now, in order to get past those paywalls, we do a little thing called pirating. And usually we use a website called Sci-Hub, don't we? You know, And if anyone's in the know, then they know what Sci-Hub is. But Sci-Hub has been down for bloody ages now. So we've been winning it this whole time, haven't we, realistically? We've just been making up our own conclusions. we have read the abstracts. Just just reading abstracts, yeah. Just abstract, yeah. That's legit. That's fine. That's that's, that's pretty much what we've been doing. (laughs) But this week, I discovered there is a Minecraft library where loads of like censored books, peer reviewed journals, scientific literature is all stored in this Minecraft library. So, if anyone doesn't know, Minecraft's a video game and you can play it online. And it's basically a game where you. Build things out of blocks. But someone's actually made a library that stores all this information. So that's what I've been doing. Me and – you know, I, I've, I've made a character and everything. And I've been venturing into this library. I've been fighting skeletons to get to these papers on protein – and uh, the, the real silver lining is, as well is that I've been uh, slowly destroying Stu McGill's work in the library has <laughs> he actually, uh, actually
0: got a section as he would
1: yeah I've been leading creepers into there so creepers are these little monsters that blow up they explode you know I've been putting down some TNT set fire to all Stu McGill's work so yeah every, every, uh, every cloud is a silver lining
0: good so see you've been busy over the last two weeks mate
1: doing the Lord's work mate on Minecraft
0: like it. And we're actually going to be uh, talking about a lot of these papers in today's episode. There's actually quite a lot of uh, science in this one. Um,
1: and Minecraft. I don't know if we
0: found them in Tom in Minecraft's library, yeah, so uh, my, maybe we'll get sponsored by Minecraft, Tom. Mm. That'd, be a, that'd be a big sponsorship, that, wouldn't it? That'd be a very anyway, big
1: sponsorship.
0: Let's get to protein. So um, let's. I think we should probably start off what protein is. It's basically a macronutrient. So you've got fats, carbs, and then obviously protein. And protein is the one responsible for basically building muscle. Um, and that's basically why people take it, but we're going to get into if you need to take it, why you need to take it, all the different types of protein. We're going to shaft some of our own as well. But I'll start with basically telling you what protein is on a chemical level. So this is where it's going to get interesting with my pronunciation. Bear with us. So <laughs> here we go. So protein is made up of around 20 amino acids, but there's nine of these which are known as essential amino acids. So these are the ones that you need to basically look out for when you get your protein sources. Leucine being probably the most important. Mm. But we'll come into that later on. Uh, and these are histidine, Isoleucine, leucine, lysine.
1: You're doing good. Keep going. You're doing good.
0: I oh, know this one's mental.
1: Crystal meth. Methi- methionine. Methionine. Yep. Me- Fentanyl. Yeah.
0: Fent- no. Phenylalanine. <laughs> that's <laughs> right.
1: That's a good I one. That's wicked. Right. Well done. <laughs> that's a
0: good That's a good that. Uh Therionine. Ther- or therinine. Yeah. Therinine.
1: Yeah. Therinin. Tri- oh, no. Tricevatops. Uh, Tripo. What? Tri-, tri. Triceratops. Tripofan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fat And then, fat. valium. We'll go
0: triptophan, then va- va- valine, isn't it? Valium, yeah, valine. Not valium. God fucking hell, we that, did that's really a well in there. Itself, isn't it. I think we did really well. We did wow. really. Yeah, they're basically the they're the nine. But just think about lutein, yeah, that'll make it easier. Um, we'll talk about more of these in depth as we as we go on. So what we'll do first is we'll kind of tell you what some of our listeners have sent in in regards to so you guys obviously listen now what you sent in in regards to what you take and the brands as well and then we'll kind of show you what we take as well so i'll go from a little list no surprise on my instagram when i did a poll 89% of people say they take a protein supplement because most of my followers are active so they probably do take it uh, and then we'll go through some of the things people are having There's some interesting ones here some of them um to be expected my protein was the um the clear favourite yeah. which is probably because they're really really cheap uh, so yeah My Protein Impact Whey was one of the popular ones there was also a couple of shouts for Clear which is their new one which tastes like squash um, which I you know a good friend of mine Sam who listens to the show he's all over it Tom's got some there which we will probably show us a bit more there someone put Protein Works all in one i think i've got mine protein works yeah so my one's actually protein works a bit different than that we've got optimum nutrition um they said it's a bit expensive but they said it's nice so they're obviously paying for the price Mm. Uh, and then holland and barrett own brand cheap as shit (laughs) fair enough um we also got wade which is a bit of an expensive one i think that's more in the crossfit space so that's probably a bit of market in there um gold standard whey protein so I think that's another one which could be on the bit of the expensive side but it's quite a popular one and then we've also got our big Johnny if you've not heard of Johnny he came on us and did an episode uh, talking about his recovery from stroke and he's basically put anything on discount makes the results varied works for me he just lives laughing on the edge of that guy don't he he does Go on, he puts, Johnny <laughs> he, oh, good old Johnny um, someone put awesome sups vegan salted caramel chocolate and they basically put it due to uh, family member having to be dairy free so I think they've just gone that to keep it simple yeah and then someone's put PE Science Select, Redcon 1 MRE Lite, and Perfect Sports Diesel. I mean, that just sounds like a very um, interesting blend of <laughs> product choices. But they are all legit. Yeah, I've heard of Redcon. Yeah, they, they're they're from uh, across the pond, so that's kind of more Redcon's quite popular in the sort of that uh, Canada and America kind of thing. Um, so, is there any other ones that I've missed? Combat Fuel as well. Um, oh yeah, Combat. Kes put Kez put that one because Kez is a military man, so uh, Combat Fuel was ran by veterans, I believe. So that makes sense. Um, but apart from that, all the ones are the same. Oh, someone's put casein, slow release casein, which is we're going to talk about yeah. as well. Uh, be yeah, the other one so Tom what do you what do you have in your arsenal of proteins then? Um?
1: so behind me and this is where we're gonna get the sponsorship I have in fact you already mentioned one of them and that is my protein clear way so that's basically the juice that is protein juice um, the reason why I like that one is just simply because one, you get a big calorie, uh, sorry, a big protein yield per calorie. I think it's like twenty grams of protein, and it's like roughly By serving. Yeah, and it's like eighty calories, and it's just it tastes just like juice. Now, for me, I don't actually do too well with protein shakes. I find them quite sickly a lot of the time. With this, it's just like pff, drinking juice. Do you know what I mean? Nice. Just drinking juice. Uh, I've also got. Whey Protein Ghost, A-Supplements, hmm. They, supplements. Uh, they uh, yeah Uh A-Plus Supplements, they hooked me up with that. Uh, that's pretty nice. That's actually the only whey protein that I can actually stomach at the moment. That's really okay. nice. You know, the good thing about that is that's, that's actually chocolate chip cookie, and it's actually got chocolate chip cookie chunks inside it. That sounds a bit odd. Does that not taste a bit weird? No, it's really good. Bitty? I like it chunky. At first, I thought I just weren't mixing it properly, but now it turns out it's supposed to be like that. It does mean you are scraping the bottom of the of the shaker to get your chunks out, but it's nice. I
0: don't know if you're sort of if you're making it sound good or bad. I think some people will be it's listening nice. thinking oh, that sounds a bit of me that. But some people will be thinking, oh that's not for me.
1: It is nice. If you like it chunky <laughs> What's the what's the pricing like
0: of that one? Because I've heard of it before.
1: Yeah, ghost like is a little more... bit pricier. So, oh, yeah. so the funny thing is as well, mate, so my protein is really popular in the UK. And for good reason it's it's cheap, but it's also you know it's actually a quality Effective. protein as well yeah. but the thing is I actually bought this from Boots so I actually bought this from a, an actual shop Boots actually stock my protein as, clear, as a clear way it actually stocks it
0: you pay full price for it because they normally have ridiculous it's deals online it's the so. exact
1: same price as it was oh, right. on, on the yeah the actual website which was quite interesting the last one now this before I actually got put on protein this used to be one of my preferred favourites and this is actually uh, what's it called PhD way now i've
0: had a phd yeah
1: the reason why i used to like phd why is simply because of the texture and the taste now for me a lot of protein shakes are quite sandy and don't mix very well it almost tastes Mm -hmm. like you're drinking cement but phd way i found that always kind of like mixed quite well so there's nothing inherently special in regards to the ingredients way is way to me however it just mixed really well it tasted nice however this is birthday cake flavor it is way too sickly for me
0: yeah, I've always found that. Any any supplement that has birthday cake is always like over the done with artificial sweeteners. That it is just true. so The sickly. problem
1: is, Bill, I just really love birthday cake.
0: Let's <laughs> go buy some birthday cake then. So Give it. I was
1: like, do you know what? That's a bit of me, that is. <laughs> and uh, then I found out, nah, it's not a bit of me. No. It's awful. But um, the thing about this as well, is this is marketed as like a diet way. Right. So it's got all these extra things in it. So when you want to get a protein shake, usually you just want to concern yourself with... Protein. The protein, mm. funny enough. But this has like some extra bits in it, so like green tea extract, CLA, uh, yeah, L-carnitine, all these buzzwords, other supplements. I'd never really cared about that, to be honest with you. I didn't get this because it's diet Way. I just got it because it's the only whey protein – at the, well, it was the only whey protein at the time that I could stomach. But since then, I have kind of – here goes my sponsorship – chinned that off. So, my, my personal favourite, clear whey yeah. and the ghost. Yes, so they want to sponsor me on!
0: You're quite similar to me then. I have like two go-tos as well. So I've got two different ones here. I'll start with one that people probably have not heard of. And this is one I normally go off Amazon. Uh, and this is a shot the camera. This is sun power vegan mega shake. It's got three different plant proteins in it. It's pea, sunflower and coconut. Um, and it's got some other vitamins and stuff in there, like vitamin D, B6, 12, iron, zinc, magnesium, potassium. And the reason it's got those in is because they're normally things associated with uh, deficiencies in vegans, so that's probably why they've added those in. Um, interesting with this one, which we'll come on to, is it actually tells you the amino acid breakdown on that one. And it's got 1.7 grams of leucine per serving, which that's not when bad. we come on to we'll it, go on to it, it that later it's not more, bad, yeah. but when we talk about maximizing protein synthesis will come into why that might be a bit low but obviously i have this other stuff i don't just have a yeah. scoop of that I'll, I'll eat it with someone else to get those numbers up and then the other one i go to is one that a brand that a lot of people have already heard of and that's the protein works
1: oh gold! yeah
0: so this is so this is the protein works uh vegan protein um, and this one is salted caramel I've not actually opened this one yet uh, and this one has 25 grams of protein per serving which is quite good uh, and this is also a blend so this has got soy protein isolate pea protein isolate pumpkin seed protein interesting sunflower protein brown rice protein as well um, we'll come into the reason why a vegan protein more than often has a blend and that'll be to do with amino acid profile we'll talk about them a bit later on so that one's got 25 grams per serving and the other one had 21 grams per serving yeah, they're pretty good. Um, the Protein Works one is a really good one. Cause it's really cheap because they're like my protein in terms of really good offers. The other one, the SunPower one, is a bit more expensive, but it tastes really good, and I like having it in even because it's it's not it's not too heavy. The other one's quite thick and heavy, whereas this one's a bit more. Do you know what? I don't know. It's just a bit I'm different.
1: willing to pay the extra price if protein tastes nice. I mean, as I said, like the vast majority of protein shakes just don't sit well with me, so I am willing to go a little bit more. Out of my way to pay a bit more extra money for one that actually yeah tastes nice yeah. has a nice texture and
0: consistency. See, I wanted to try the um, I wanted to see you've got the the way clear way at the back there the my protein one. So I wanted to try the vegan version of that. Yeah, they do have one. The, but the problem with that is it's half the protein, so you have to have double the dose to get at least twenty grams because one serving is only ten grams. Which just yeah. that? I don't want just ten grams of protein, not like even a lot. in it, so you end up having to spend double the money. Which I'm thinking well, I'm not going to do that because i taking the mix. So that's why yeah. I tried it.
1: It's one of those things where technically protein supplements per serving, usually it's cheaper than when you go out and buy. So obviously, as a vegan, it's completely different. But technically, it's cheaper per serving to have a protein shake than it is to get the protein from meat, usually. Mm, And it's easy storage as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: So what we're coming to now then, guys, is how much do you actually need and do you actually need to supplement with it in the first place? Because it's Mm -hmm. all good us having these supplements, but everyone out there, not everyone who's listening to this is going to actually even need to supplement with protein. It depends on your goals, depends on your sort of size, your activity levels and stuff. So if we look at a general goal, most of our listeners probably are into the gym, at least maybe dabble, I don't know, maybe
1: a competitive walker cyclist i'd be surprised <laughs> if they Lifter. if they didn't do anything <laughs> fitness related
0: <laughs> yeah or maybe that yeah I'll, I'll, I'll be very surprised if they listen to us just for our personalities i'll put it like that but if we go into the the big one which is how much you need the number which gets thrown around all over the place is one grams of protein per pound of body weight or that yeah. equates to 2.2 grams per kilo um, and now there's nothing inherently wrong with that dose but when it comes to people planning out their diets, if they're taking on way more protein than they need to, that's potentially money out of their pocket they don't yes. need to be spending.
1: It can also be a bit of a struggle consuming that amount. Yeah, of, protein of course, it can be. Yeah, especially if you're people.
0: one of the bigger guy. If you're a big guy or a big woman, cool. um, yeah, that, yeah, you, you could be looking at two to three hundred grams of protein, which is um, pretty difficult. But really, we'll go into more of the, the details. But Most of the data that we've seen anyway, especially in Tom's little uh, Minecraft library, sort of Mm. indicates anything above 1.6 grams per kilo doesn't seem to offer any drastic benefits. Um, But this is obviously going to be context dependent as well. So probably what I'd say, jump in if you disagree with me, Tom, I'd probably recommend aim for a minimum of 1.6 grams per kilo, which is 0.8 grams uh, per pound. Obviously, we've got to do both both weight systems to get people. Uh, However, if you're a top athlete, um, which neither me or Tom are, but if you are listening and you happen to be a top athlete, um you could benefit from a little bit higher, maybe Excuse I don't me.
1: Know. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Minecraft is now considered an eSport.
0: Right. Tom, if you want me to bring up your 60 kit deadlift again.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> let's carry on. Yeah, keep going, Bill. <laughs> I'll bring it into the i bring it
0: into the new series. I'll bring it in. But no, um if you are one of these people who may be very competitive, you could go up to about maybe two key two grams per kilo. Uh, if you if you wanted to it might it might show we're coming to why that might be of benefit some papers do do show that uh just a reminder as well uh all the sort of references that we are mentioning throughout the podcast you they can be seen in the show notes of the podcast we'll have like a nice long list of links uh, so you know we're not just making shit up and sort of turn it on so There's also, this is quite interesting, I found this Tom, there is actually novel evidence that suggests higher protein intakes, so 3 grams per kilo may have a positive effect on body composition in resistance trained individuals, i.e. promote loss of fat mass. So this was specifically, (laughs) tongue twister, done on people who are resistance trained, so people who aren't new to fitness, um, and it was to do with body composition, so, but... Note that is novel evidence. It's not anything concrete. Yeah. So I won't go out and I won't go out and try and hit those numbers.
1: <laughs> that is a massive amount of protein. But yeah, I mean like it's as you can see it's not as simple as a, oh one pound of protein per you know sorry, one gram of protein per pound of body weight. You know, it's it's very context dependent on what your goals are etc it's
0: an easy it's an easy number though isn't it do you not it think, is like, it's a but very easy number it doesn't yeah. take
1: any kind of calculations etc there's nothing really wrong with doing it but it's just one of those things where it's not something you have to be hitting You depend on what your goals are you know it could possibly be less than that but I mean coming like in regards to the recommended daily allow uh, allowance or amount it's usually recommended like 0.8 grams per kg of body weight but that's ridiculously low that's just that's just like the recommend that's just like the recommended amount just for like the average person but obviously we're talking about like people actually take part in activity Hmm. actually take part in exercise and particularly resistance based training in which case yeah so the current stand from the yeah the ISSN is that 1.4 to 2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight is pretty acceptable in regards to like people that want to build muscle and you know Change their body composition as well, so yeah, increase their fat-free mass, but also drop body fat. So yeah, just to clarify that, one point four to two grams of protein per kilo of body weight. But as Bill said as well, there is some evidence, you know, yeah, some evidence that shows that going beyond that may be beneficial to one absolute elite athletes or yeah possibly those that wanted to kind of lose a bit more fat mass
0: that paper looked like it was basically a bodybuilding category so if you're a bodybuilder looking at trying to increase your body composition maybe because obviously they train Ah. a hell of a lot
1: that's another point as well is it depends on whether like your on on what your energy balance is as well Hmm. so for example if you was in like a um if you was actually like a calorie surplus then maybe you won't need to go into the extreme ends of how much protein you're having. But if you're actually in a calorie, def- deficit, uh, calorie deficit and you're actually trying to maintain as much muscle mass, or maybe even do like a little body recomp if you're new to lifting, then maybe you want to go into the higher ends of protein. So that way you can kind of mm. maintain as much muscle as possible. Or even build some, once yeah, again, if yeah. you're new to training.
0: Um, we'll put a bit of context on this then, Tom. So I did a few little calculations to sort of work out how much I would need. Um, obviously, I know this because my own thing, but this is just me banging some numbers. So uh, I'm about 87 kilos at the moment, maybe more. I've weighed myself for a little while now. It's been summer break, so I've, um, yeah, could be could be, could be be <laughs> hit the 90s now. Who knows? But 87 kilos at the moment. So if we did 1.6 times 87... That equals one hundred and thirty nine point two. So if we call that one forty, I would need one hundred and forty grams a day to, you know, grow muscle while doing my sort of exercise routines okay um so the question is is this doable alone with food uh, well, of course it is yep. if you wanted to but 140 grams of protein is quite a lot especially if we look at the classic three yep. meals a day which some people out there will be doing three meals a day um if i had three meals a day that's 46.6 grams of protein i need in each meal which is that's quite a lot and yeah i mean if you've got it depends especially on your diet um this could be very, very difficult. Certain foods obviously lower you might yeah. you don't have to have a whole plate of chicken or a whole plate of flipping, you know, tofu or lentils or whatever, you know, or steaks and stuff, it'll be, it'll be carnage. So basically what I'm trying to say is sometimes it is just more convenient just to supplement it in in between your meals. At
1: the end of the day, the key word here is supplement. <laughs> you yeah, know? Just trying to get those numbers. At the end of the day, just having a protein shake is a very convenient way of upping that protein mm. intake. Yeah. Yeah. And it's usually at like a, a relatively low caloric yield as well you know it's, it's usually relative it obviously depends on what you get you know what kind of protein shake you actually get different brands as well will have different kind of uh, different amount of calories but usually for the amount of calories that you're consuming you get a big whack of protein with that yeah it's normally about 100 isn't it yeah. 100 if hundred ten maybe
0: for for about 25 grams of protein which is is a good that's a really good ratio there uh, and as i said it's it's a good it's a good thing as well to fit. we'll come into more about satiety and feeling full etc as well going yeah. forward but it it's basically if I've got to have forty six let's call it forty seven grams of protein each meal it's sometimes instead of stressing yourself out trying to fight fit that on your plate just have a normal meal which a normal meal will probably have about twenty to thirty I would have thought yeah of protein in which is pretty standard so you've got there you've then got I don't know another thirty or to make you have one or two shakes in the day you're, you're sorted aren't you and actually that's you done so and they're not expensive as we said as we um said at the start there so really. Cheap ones, for example, my protein impact weight. I think you can get that listed at tenner. Yeah, for, a, for like a 500 gram bag or something, daft like that, which is really, so really good.
1: Serving it's actually relatively cheap. I mean, funny enough, when the uh, when, when the first um, lockdown actually happened and people were panic buying in shops, etc., one of the first things I did was I actually stocked up on protein because I knew that it was going to be easier to get hold of than having to go to the supermarket where I was in a queue for like an hour at a time and where people was fucking buying everything they possibly could anyway, so there was a less chance of me getting hold of actual protein sources through uh, standard food, you know. I actually had loads of protein at the time. I wasn't living off it, but it was helping me to supplement when I couldn't get to the shop, etc.
0: One more thing quickly before I move on to the next point is, I just want to add for the sort of older generation out there listening, uh, there is sort of information out there which – does normally recommend that due to sort of muscle breakdown as you get older yeah. to increase your protein intake. Um, and I know some pretty high numbers I saw, but basically as you get older, just be mindful of how much protein you're having. Uh, even if you're not exercising, maybe try and keep it relatively high because obviously, as you get older, you get that muscle breakdown, especially if you're doing nothing at all. Um, but the last thing we want is cases of sarcopenia, which we spoke about on our, our age episode, yeah. if you want to go back and listen to that one. Um, you probably think at this point, we've mentioned all these big numbers, 140 grams up to you know 200 grams of protein, whatever. You know, can your body absorb this much? Especially when I'm sitting, I said there, 50 grams of protein in a meal. People like to throw out with, oh, can your body even absorb that? Is it just going to piss out? Yeah. Is it just going to get rid of it? The whole the whole thing that springs to mind I hear is that whole six meals a day thing because they say you need to spread it out over six meals so your body can absorb it well. Well, in reality, is I don't really think there is a limit. I've not seen anything which says there is a limit to how much your body can actually absorb. Obviously, there's only so much you can eat without feeling sick. That's the thing. (laughs) That's a limit in itself. But there's not like your body doesn't get to thirty grams of protein and go, no, not today, mate. Yeah, (laughs) you're not you're not coming in. You know. but what we can do is we can have a look at what is actually better. So is it better to have it in a big dose or is it better to spread it easily? So we're going to go into a paper here. By the way, this is all context dependent, as most yeah. things are, as we said. Um, we've got a paper here by Brad Schoenfeld, which we've um, we've <laughs> mentioned a few times. In a podcast oh, yeah, yeah. I think Tom, no. Tom, Tom called him some um, <laughs> derogatory terms in the past. <laughs> and uh, and then we've Arragon
1: also got, well. uh, yeah, sex pest yeah. Alan Aragon. Yes. <laughs>
0: Tom for more context but um, they, they them two basically looked at uh, the amount per meal and they concluded based on the current evidence we conclude that to maximise anabolism one should consume protein at a target intake of 0.4 grams per kilo per meal across a minimum of 4 meals in order to reach a minimum of 1.6 grams per kilo per day. So once again looking at my details I mentioned a little while ago that would mean I would need 34.8 grams per meal Across the four meals, which sounds a bit more realistic, thirty-five grams sounds definitely a lot more realistic. Which could easily be done with food, but once again, it, you know, I might want to have a convenient. If I'm only having three meals a day, I might just have a, an even snack where I have a shake, you know, which which would be easier. I mean, basically. We can talk about all the studies. What's better? People will say, "Oh, this worked better for me," but it's all going to come down to individuals, isn't it? Really? Yeah. I mean, some people, some people want six meals. I like to have six sort of. I say six meals, but like six different eating times throughout the day. And then we've got um, the intermittent fasters. Yeah, then you've got those, and they they get on just fine. Um, it, it's entirely up to how you wanna how you wanna do it. As long as you're hitting, we're going to keep saying this probably. But as long as you're hitting your number that you need for your activity levels and your size, then there shouldn't really be any massive issues. And once again, it comes down to also um, spreading your calories out. Which uh, yeah, that is so well. if you're having the three square meals a day, if you're on a calorie surplus, that could be a lot of food to have in three meals. So sometimes it is easier to split it over the six meals. And it's also, it also just depends on how your day works out, really, if I'm being honest. So,
1: I mean, it is kind of recommended to. So if say if you're if the objective here is that you are looking to build muscle, then if you are spreading your meals out throughout the day, then it is recommended to have like. Twenty to forty grams of uh, yeah protein per meal. The reason being is like twenty grams seems to be that, twenty grams seems to be that sweet spot of what you want to at least get to minimum in order to yeah spike uh, muscle protein synthesis.
0: Yeah, that comes down to that uh, magic amino acid of leucine, doesn't it?
1: I think the main thing is is that you actually hit your protein intake for the day, and whether you want to do that through two meals, three, four, five, six, ten. It's completely up to you as long as you hit your number of uh, protein for the day. yeah. Just find,
0: find what works for you, really. I, I'd have you yeah. play around with it. I mean, see what you what you prefer, how your body reacts. Because for some people, they won't like having protein later in the day. They can't stomach food late in the evenings, you know, so that's…
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I went for a phase of intermittent fasting years ago, and I used to eat twice a day. And each one of those meals, I'd have something like 70 grams of protein per meal, which is a hell of a lot i'm still going to utilize that protein though i'm not just pissing it out do you know what i mean but jesus christ did i get like the food sweats afterwards yeah so now i tend to bake my meals down a little bit more even throughout the day just so that it's is i'm no longer stuffing myself and then feeling completely fucked afterwards
0: so we kind of just basically said that do what you need to do but as we are as we like to tell people we are an evidence-based podcast we'll go into a bit more evidence here to <laughs> we are a <laughs> <to> minecraft-based
1: <laughs> podcast
0: well, to be fair, was it which which, which uh, series did you bring up and saying that we're a Minecraft? Oh fucking hell yeah, Do you remember that Minecraft? Uh, that was a bit what of you prelude, say, you? weren't it? <laughs> yeah, prelude. That's like a little, little bit of shadowing for us. If our...
1: only I'd known back then about the library. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh.
0: um, anyway, so on paper, what I'm basically seeing here, and obviously Tom's seeing the same stuff, is that they both strategies of either spreading or doing it in a while. They don't seem to be sort of advantageous over each other, really. Um, however, one thing there was sort of. Um, some mechanistic evidence pointing to the advantage of spreading your protein throughout the day which is a lot mm. of people like to latch onto that six meals a day thing um with that being said though I, th- I think it's a good idea to spread your meals but as i said it's it's entirely up to you uh you might be thinking what the fuck is that mechanistic evidence what 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 is that so i've got another example here to kind of add meat to the bones pun intended um is basically here's an example how some sound mechanics data got somewhat debunked a bit later on um so, the whole have protein one to two hours post exercise. That was a oh, thing. And yeah. I think it probably, this is probably still a thing which is around for the a Anabolic while. window. Yeah. So, because apparently it enhances hypertrophy above and beyond. Um, basically, in the same paper that we mentioned with Brad and Allen, uh, they looked it over. They looked at this over a time. So, over time. So, the mechanistic was over like a very small window. So, basically, what they do is they, they capture it in like a really tiny window and then they go, that's what it is. And it could be really sound on paper because it's only in a small window it kind of defeats the point if you look at something over a longer period of time things can change so brad and allen did that uh, and they basically just found that the if there was any effect at all it was really small at best between yeah. having it straight after or not so that's another example of mechanistic data looking really sound just like the other one with the protein spread theory It's really good mechanistic data saying it's good but you can't take it for what it is you need to look at things longer term instead of taking snapshots of protein consumption etc so i thought i would just mention that because it's still people still say it people still say guys you want to have six meals a day you want to be smashing a protein shake straight after your bicep curls to maximize protein it's like okay you know why yeah (laughs) you don't need to i mean It's,
1: it's still a prevalent thing as well the whole anabolic window thing where oh as soon as you've worked out as soon as that session is finished you have to go and smash protein straight away, whether it be for a shake or through or through food. If you don't get it in, then you're not going to grow. Muscle protein synthesis is just not going to get triggered, and that's not the case. In fact, the evidence kind of suggests that. So people call it the anabolic window, but it's. I've actually heard some refer to it more as like a the anabolic barn door. The opportunity to get that protein in after training is massive. It's at. Evidence seems to suggest like it's 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 possibly more than 24 hours. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So people that are stressing getting their protein in within half hour of training, as long as you get it in within you a know, 24-hour period, cool. It might diminish a little bit after that, but you've got fucking ages to get your protein in. Don't stress it. Basically, don't make a mess outside the fucking lockers with your protein. Powder everywhere. Yeah. God, yeah. yeah. You tell I work in a commercial gym. <laughs> just a
0: bit, mate. But no, it, yeah, as, as Tom just said, just like don't fuss about it. If you, if you find it's convenient for you to have a shake after your workout, yeah, great. Uh, yeah. Just...
1: I've, yeah, I'm not saying don't do it, but you don't have to do it. But for some people, it's just convenient.
0: P, more aimed at PTs because as I said, I, you, still, you still do see it, people recommending it, but we're all different at the end of the day, so just do what works for you, you know.
1: Joe, you know mate, I didn't see this in the show notes, so I want to quickly point this out as well. Yeah, go, go for it, yeah. Just while we're on this whole anabolic window thing, Another thing, and I actually got taught this by my lecturer during my fitness instructor course. So you could probably appreciate how it's probably going to already be bullshit what's going to come out of my mouth. But at the time, he was like, "Oh, you have to have carbohydrates with protein. If you do not consume carbs with protein, then the protein can't get shuttled to your muscles. Nothing happens." And actually, we've like had some sort of fucking taxi service. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> like, oh, it's not going to spike <laughs> insulin, and it's not going to. It's bollocks. You can yeah. you can you can consume protein by itself. It's absolutely fine. You know, are carbs beneficial? Sure, but he actually said taking protein without carbs is fucking useless. And it's just yeah, it's not true. But I do remember around the time I was I heard that I was down in protein shakes whilst I was eating a rice crispy square, panicking. Like, I've got to get the carbs in with my protein. What a fucking idiot.
0: Guys, we'll move on to the next part of the show, which is where now we've told you about how much you should have, kind of, you know, when's probably the best time to have it and all that, that sort of jazz. What what are your options then? Obviously, we spoke about some at the start, but we're going to break it down into more generalised of the different types of protein because there's actually quite a lot different out there, especially with whey. It's not just whey protein. There's like different types of whey, which we're going to come on to. So we'll start with the most popular one that most people seem to go for, and that is just whey protein, bulk standard whey. This is normally 80% plus of protein content, which is pretty high. Um, and what it is, it's essentially a waste product of milk. It's like filtered, yeah. evaporated, and then like it's skimmed off spray the top. dried. Yeah. yeah, and then it's like spray dried to turn into that little powder that you see in your, um, in your tub. It's stuff. absolutely fine to um,
1: consume. You're making it sound horrendous, but it is fine to consume.
0: Yeah, of course it's from Scott. I'm not saying I'm just telling people need to know where it comes. It sounds like one out, of those mate.
1: Netflix documentaries. <laughs> yeah, they
0: process yeah. the protein. <laughs> yeah,
1: we
0: well, kind of process food, mate. Is it organic? Fucking hell, <laughs> it's yeah. can, it's calmed down, <laughs> you, mate. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's a bag of powder, not to be sniffed. So don't don't, don't sniff your way. <laughs> that probably would be a good idea. That, that um, what?
1: someone did DM me that, by the way. Oh. Not going to mention any names.
0: <laughs> but no, so you get the powder normally. It's pretty simple, the ingredients list really. It, well, I say simple, but it's normally the whey powder. You then have some sort of flavoring in there, so because obviously there's a vast amount of flavors, and you have like a sweetener to so obviously make it taste nice. Um, you can get unflavoured, which is literally just a powder, but but like, normally some people like the taste of it, but it's yeah. very chalky, I'd probably say. Quite
1: you can, uh, you could take it with water if you're a freak, yeah. You could take it with milk, which is you know, normal as well. I'd take mine with of almond yeah. milk okay, yeah. The reason why I saw your approval then, Bill, oh, yes, he's going vegan, slowly but surely. There's there's no, like, super special reason why. I just find that it blends nicer for me. I find that if I have it with regular milk, it becomes a bit too thick. thick. If I have it with water, yeah, it's way too watery. But if I have it with almond milk, it has just the right amount of, yeah, thickness. Okay, yeah. Mm, I feel uncomfortable saying that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just the right amount of
1: thickness yeah.
0: in my mouth. So we'll move on to leucine then, which we spoke about. We'll talk about leucine for all of them, but... This sort of impact whey, um, which is obviously my protein, whey protein, it normally has about 2.6 grams of leucine per serving, which is which is really good, especially as I go on to this next bit, which is – so I mentioned leucine at the start, saying how it's really important. There is actually a magic little number which data seems to always go to in terms of maximizing uh, muscle protein synthesis, yeah. which is sort of the ignition of your muscle building, so to speak, but plainly. And that number is around 2.5 grams of leucine per yeah. serving. Um, which obviously doesn't have to just come from your shake. You can obviously have it with other stuff as well. Um, so as you mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, one of those protein powders I had had 1.7. So that'd be a bit off maximising, but I normally have it with other stuff as well, so sort will of bring that number up. Um, but this is, but obviously as we know, animal protein is normally superior to plant proteins. So that's why it's probably got the higher uh, leucine level in there. So yeah, whey protein, just a box standard one, is um, is pretty good and it's the most popular one and the cheapest.
1: So, just going back to leucine there, going kind of like what the stand on the ISSN have kind of uh, said, is that, yeah, they, they suggest this like with a serving of leucine, it should be between 700 to 3000 milligrams. But, yeah, kind of as you said there, you want to go more towards that higher end. Yeah. Yeah. More towards
0: yeah that as, the as they end. said, to mac, to maximise protein synthesis, you want, so 2.5 seems to be the sort of sweet spot, which yeah. is obviously, and obviously, as we said, if you're elite, maybe going up to those threes is, is necessary, but. Uh, it's it's difficult to tell because everyone's different shapes and sizes, different goals, different activity levels. It's. Have you ever
1: actually uh, had? Have you ever actually tasted loosing by itself? <laughs> just just a bag of leucine? Yeah, well you well back in the days of the old uh, you know BCAAs and EAA's etc. When I was on that hype a long long time ago, I actually had uh, just like loosing capsules, and they taste just. Yeah, absolutely horrendous. Didn't you? Didn't yeah. You
0: comp- oh, we're about to lose another sponsorship, but oh, we've probably already lost it. Um, didn't you say that knocko days tasted like leucine?
1: Oh, yes. Yes, I did. Yeah, and guess I what was said. in it? <laughs> yeah, yes, I was <laughs> saying. I guess what was in it? Leucine. Yeah. Yeah, it tasted absolutely... Oh, God, yeah. Forgot about that. It tasted like assholes. Yes, I know what arseholes taste like.
0: <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, saying that, didn't we have something in our group chat about the skin in your assholes is the same as your lips?
1: Yeah, we did. We, yeah, did. we did, yeah. That, so technically, you're
0: tasting, even, your, you're tasting your ass all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you actually pucker up your lips, that's the texture you're getting right there and then. Yeah. Enjoy that, folks. If yeah. you're
0: new to the show, welcome. Um, we Evidence-based
1: <laughs> podcast, yeah. <laughs> Do not even have to venture into the <laughs> Minecraft library for that?
0: Oh, dear. Uh, we'll move on to the next protein before <laughs> we... Uh, we, we, we travel uh, further into the arsehole. Um, so the next one is another form of whey. Uh, this is whey concentrate, um, which is basically the same. So these are the differences. Sorry, whey concentrate is basically the same as the normal whey I just mentioned. The next one is whey isolate. So this mm. is 90% uh, protein content. So this has got a bit more than your normal whey. It normally comes at a bit more expensive. So what they have to do here is they have to strip away some more of the fat and the sugar. Um, but be just to know, the actual normal protein doesn't have much fat or sugar at all really if you actually look at what's in there there's sometimes like i don't know a gram or less so all they've yeah. done is they've gone really really fine with it and just stripped whatever was left away to give that protein content higher and because they have to process it more the price has to go up a little bit so you normally find it's a bit more yeah it's um, expensive i don't know what would would you recommend isolate over a concentrate i don't really um i mean, do what, you know what? what do we get
1: How? i have had isolate in the in the past and it is nice i think it, i believe it's faster digesting as well
0: uh, I think the next one is supposed, the next one's even quicker which we'll come on to I think I, I think the higher the protein content probably yeah I, I think as
1: well with isolates. it's one of those things where if you tend to struggle with protein and it tends to mess with your stomach a little bit then whey isolate could kind of like possibly mitigate your symptoms with that a little bit so if you tend to have like tummy issues with protein like regular whey protein etc then isolate might be something you could possibly try i mean it's not a definite but it's something you could try just because it is it spends less time in the stomach it can get digested pretty rapid
0: so the next one is called whey hydrolysate so this one's once again more expensive
1: so this is the clear Uh, way we're talking about what's that? this is the clear is that hydro- This is, is, is,
0: is hydro- hydrolysate, yeah oh is it okay cool yeah so that this is basically the more premium sort of version of proteins so this um, so basically the way that they they label it on the website is companies will sort of use more heat um acid and enzymes and they're basically all these buzzwords and they'll combine it to break down even more of the sort of bonds holding together all the amino acids in the protein um, basically this allows your body to more what's the word rapidly digest the proteins this is probably what as thomas said in the that this one's even quicker because they've ultra heat treated it essentially to allow that's it one to of the reasons why i have it yeah it's a it's it, lot more it, it, easier it, on my stomach your body absorbs it really, really quick. Um, But once again, this high level of processing does put the price up a little bit more. But once again, it's not super expensive, but just be warned, if you're on a bit of a budget, hydrolysate will be more because they have to do more to it. But then we've also got blends. So this is where things get a bit more uh, exciting. So you've got something called the whey, which is... But when I was having um, yeah. whey protein before, I used to get the whey simply because I used to, it used to digest really easy for me. And that's yeah. basically because it's a tri-blend. So it's got all three of the ones we just mentioned in it. Um, and there's obviously loads of buzzwords that come with it. But most notably, it's got something called Myzyme Digestion. So... This is basically like a component in there, which is supposed to aid with digestion. So, and anecdotally speaking, I found it helped me, like it, it digested better. I've spoke to other people who have said they've had it and it's di- made it digest better. And that's simply because of the enzymes they've put in there. I'm not sure if it's got it in there, Tom, in that one. is it, Has it got myzyme in that clear way?
1: Don't believe it. Be so. I, think, I think that buzzword is spe- no, it's not. It's specifically for the that, pro range. That pro range, yeah. yeah okay, that's why you. the marketing terms.
0: Yeah, market in terms, yeah. I mean, a lot of them have it. I mean, this, uh, I think when I look at my other one a second ago, the uh, vegan one for the protein mix, I'm pretty sure that had some sort of digestive digestive uh, enzyme in it. But as I said, I've heard some good things about it, uh, and it might help if you've got maybe minor lactose issues. If you struggle with digesting milk products, it might help a little bit, but I mean, I wouldn't, you're probably better off going with a plant, plant option as we'll, as we'll come on to, so... Also, with these, with the, the way which is a blend because it's part of the pro range, it also comes with three grams of leucine. Which I mean, yeah, Big chunk. You could argue, you could argue it's overkill, um, but once again, it's a sales game. They've got to make their pro the way sound as Gucci as possible. So they've put this Myzyme digestion, they've put tri blend of protein, they've put three, but three grams of leucine. Um, I mean, is it is it worth the price? I mean, I'll let you decide. It, t- it does. It, to be fair, it tasted better than the normal one. Yeah. Which, as we said, you might want to pay more for it, but it's entirely up to you, really. I mean, that covers all the ways. Uh, I haven't missed
1: any of it, Tom. I mean, they're always bringing out these, like, Gucci buzz. I mean, they've got, like, collagen protein now and stuff like that, which, to be honest with you, yeah, I've not heard like, anything special about it. So, yeah, I just like bit, to stick that's... to the basics.
0: Yeah, basics. Yeah. I mean... Oh, did we talk about casein? as you just mentioned we're going to casein fuck it so basically casein is once again it's milk derived like the other lot um, but it's normally associated with bedtime this,
1: yeah this one has a very unique yeah unique doesn't use. it
0: yeah so you, it's not the sort of thing you would use throughout the day it's specifically for bedtime and it's normally um, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger I think he mentioned it once and everyone went mad yeah. over it because he said he said oh, when I was competing I used to have it every night and everyone was like fucking hell I need it because I like Arnold, thinking that was the only reason why he was so, so
1: stuck. So this is the opposite cases. of, uh, <laughs> definitely not because of other things, but I mean, um, yeah. you know, like being German. No, Austrian. He's Austrian, isn't he? Yeah, Austrian, yeah. Austria, Germany, what's the difference? Do you know what? Let's not let's not even go into that. Let's not dive into mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, kind of like how isolate was like rapid digesting. This is the opposite case in slower digesting. And that's the whole idea with like taking it before your nap time is that, before your nap time, before bedtime, as you're sleeping, it's slow, it's slowly digesting, etc. Personally, I, I I have had casein in the past. Um, it has actually played a bit of havoc with my stomach. But uh, fuck hell. this episode is basically revealing sort of really like that my stomach is as weak as my deadlift. Yeah, he's got, yeah. A, he's got a sword, mate. I, think I know. To go See someone like that. I'm a right little bitch. But yeah, I mean, um, it hasn't played <laughs> havoc with my stomach in the past. It's not one of those things where it's, it's an absolute. If you're going to have protein before bed, you you can just take a regular protein shake for bed.
0: And I've got some uh, got some uh, sort of data here as well, Tom, to sort of um, hit hit people with uh, So a previous study basically found no differences between groups consuming and not consuming pre-sleep protein with daily protein matched, but uh, but resistance training was not controlled. So in that when that particular study resistance training wasn't controlled but the daily protein was matched so and they didn't specify that so pre-sleep protein obviously that we say casein but there are other things like cottage cheese and stuff which is very similar and even lean meats are also known to be slow digesting but But then we also had a more recent study by Joy et al, uh, 2018. So this was the first study to control uh, both training and daily protein intake when comparing nighttime versus protein consumption at any other time of the day. Uh, Interestingly, though, there was no significant differences between the groups found. So they found absolutely no difference between any time of the day, or basically as long as they were getting enough. Yeah. That was that seemed to be the that to be the issue. So I mean, it's got a great
1: marketing uh, tool, hasn't it? Though you know, yeah, the special I, nighttime protein. Yeah, nighttime. Yes, because you, you get someone with the big buzzwords of
0: like nighttime blend, and it's basically like casein and what I don't know, some other fucking magnesium or something and zinc and shit. Yeah, all thrown in. But uh, yeah,
1: actually, that's, that's another point. So when we talk about those proprietary blends, so you said mm-hmm. with the whey, and I was saying it with like the diet whey as well. even yeah. with casein, they throw in extra things out because it's specifically made for bedtime. We're going to throw in all these, uh, you know, zinc, magnesium, I don't know, nitole, whatever else they're throwing into it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fucking hell.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I
0: mean, though, it's probably better to smash a shake before bed than a full meal. If you are finding you're a bit low on protein for the day, it's probably better to have a casein shake than it would be to smash a fucking, I don't know, a roast dinner. (laughs) Because you'd probably be up pretty late. Yeah. Like of issues so but it doesn't have to be casein because i mean from what i can see there doesn't seem to be a huge difference um just get enough really i said we keep saying it just get enough work out what you need for the day and just get if you still need to
1: get your protein intake up then you can still have a shake before bed it's been having something heavy you know like i know a chicken wrap then you've got down your stomach all night then that's going to interfere with your sleep which is going to interfere with everything else down the line
0: basically i wouldn't i wouldn't lose sleep over the idea of casein yeah. pun intended again
1: that was very good bill <laughs> very good
0: just sitting there thinking where can i get this in where can i
1: where can i get you've this been here? aching to get that in <laughs> I, was
0: like, I was like tom stop talking yeah um we'll go on to the uh the plant-based alternatives so this is obviously people who are predominantly plant-based or even you get people who are actually like lactose intolerant uh, who will just prefer to have these plant-based alternatives because obviously it doesn't yeah. mess around with their stomach so much um and naturally when you first people hear about like vegan protein stuff, they go, "Well, they're shit, aren't they? Shit quality protein. The product, protein shit." Which is, wh- I mean, that's just, just we live in a society, as Tom likes to say,
1: fucking <laughs> <it, you laughs> stole discussion. it off me." Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's I've done it. Precisely that. We do live in a society. Um, it does, yeah. But yeah, it's it's just that stigma of like, uh, oh, it's, it's like a vegan product, so it's not going to be yeah. as effective.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but 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 basically, the reality is is once again, if you're consuming enough for your daily intake, regardless if it's from a plant or an animal source, there shouldn't be no diff. There shouldn't be any really difference. The yeah. key things I would say though. Is, is that you want to probably make sure you've got... Um, a good mixture. A, pretty sensible, a good sensible distribution, yeah, and yeah. you've got no obvious shortcomings in amino acid uh, profiles. So what that means is is that you want to be having a mixture of proteins. And that's why when I showed you the one I had earlier, well, both of them, they are both blends because they then tap into all the amino acid profiles of the different proteins, which ensure you're getting a complete profile, yeah. which then means there's no shortcomings, which is Who knows? Maybe, you know, uh, really
1: maybe this is where vegan... Uh- BCAAs and EAAs might actually come in handy.
0: But once again, if you're getting enough, you probably won't need them. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so we actually got a paper here, which is really recent, actually. Uh, it's a 2021 paper, and it compared two groups: one was vegan, and one was omnivore. Uh, omnivore is basically people who eat uh, both animal and plants, so like a bit of both. So, uh, and the impact they basically looked at the impact that it had on hypertrophy and strength gains. Uh, they concluded a high protein, so that's 1.6 grams per kilo a day, exclusively plant-based diet. Um, so they basically, that was plant-based whole foods and soy protein isolate supplementation. Uh, the reason they've used soy is probably because it's the probably one of the better Much quality. standard, yeah. Uh, yeah, plant-based proteins. Um, and they found that it's not different than a protein-matched mixed diet, um, and they use whey protein as their supplement, in supporting muscle strength and mass, uh, and mass accural. So they found no difference between the two when they were hitting that 1.6 grams per kilo a day. Yeah which is really interesting especially as they literally just use two simple supplements um which is really good And then we've got another paper here as well just to, to add some more on there so this one was from 2020 this looked at a mycoprotein based high protein being a diet so mycoprotein is like some fucking i don't know it's a branded it's a branded sort of protein blend of plants i think i'm not really i think a corn it or something um I think it's yeah. their version. It's like a mix of shit. Um, but once again, in this paper, it became apparent as long as you're consuming enough uh, total protein, um, essential amino acids and leucine per meal. Uh, and throughout the day, uh, a vegan diet probably isn't going to hinder your strength or hypertrophy pro- uh, progress. All I'd say is you might want to put a bit more effort into your selection of proteins. So it won't be as simple as just picking up a bit of chicken. Uh, you might want to think, okay, what are the amino acid profiles of these proteins I'm choosing? Yeah. Um, for example get a
1: good mixture
0: yeah if you're going to try and get 140 grams of protein from bread for example you might run into a few troubles with amino acids and this is especially going to be more prevalent if you're on like a calorie deficit where obviously you've got to be more cautious of your food choices and stuff you want to still be making sure you're getting those uh, that good protein in but it is doable but basically what we're highlighting there is it is completely doable there's no need to fear it um, yeah especially if you ever thought about okay i get a bit of a funny stomach on whey protein but you know what's the alternative maybe a plant-based you know alternative for you is the way forward and i said protein works is a good source my protein have got their own ones Uh, amazon's always a good shout as well um just look out for those deals as well one affordable example that i spoke about earlier on was the blend which was the soy the pea the pump pumpkin seed that still throws me off pumpkin seed protein that's mad isn't it um, yeah, that's
1: quite interesting. That.
0: Sunflower protein and brown rice protein. So yeah, bottom line really again with the plant ones, is just get enough in it. Yeah, it just numbers, means it. you
1: might have to have a bit more variety if you're yeah, a bit more uh, variety, plant-based yeah.
0: diet. Yeah, yeah. Well, but like, that makes but, you, it makes you more exciting, I suppose. Really.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've just discussed this before, anyway, when we've ever spoken about uh, veganism, etc. Is that you know you, you know you 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 just need to be a bit more have a bit more variety with your diet. You know, especially when it comes to your protein sources. It's often inherently, you know, wrong, though. It's not wrong. I'm using the wrong fucking term here. <laughs> it's not like it's inefficient. It's just that you need to have a bit more variety. So you make sure you get that full amino acid prior- profile.
0: Once again, it all comes down to these numbers. It doesn't matter where you get it from in terms of plant or not or whatever, you know. it Just make sure you get enough, really, is, is what we're saying. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Is there any other sort of obscure protein supplements we've missed we spoke about whey's caseins we spoke about the plant ones is there
1: any in regards to you, well, you've mentioned this is all about shakes but obviously I mean there's loads of protein supplements you can get out there from fucking bars to protein balls to yeah pro- <laughs> you can now get protein crisps yeah you
0: get pro- yeah. protein noodles as well protein yeah, noodles protein, protein water noodles. um you could get some. You also see, magic, well, I want to quickly yeah. measure that actually as well because I'm on about supplements. If, if you go into the supermarket, be careful because these crafty little fuckers they'll put. Protein, oh yeah, I know what you're protein cereal. Mm. And you'll look at the protein cereal and you'll compare it to the one that's normal and there'll be like one gram difference and it's yeah. like not even fuckers. that
1: sometimes. Yeah, I was like,
0: how are you getting away with that?
1: <laughs> the, the, the loophole is if you usually it's um, source of protein, but it's like yeah. you know you could lick the palm of your hand and technically that's a source of protein. It, there, there's 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 no limit to well how much protein needs to be in this before I can actually cl- classify it as a source of protein food. So if you go for like a Wheatabix slash protein wheat abix, the difference is extremely small.
0: Yeah, it's got just be careful of that, I suppose, yeah. Keep 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 your eye out because they know that protein supplementation is a bit of a money earner. So if they can bang the word protein on something, they fucking will. Um, just keep an eye on the servings and look also when you look at the protein amount compare it with the other macronutrients as well yeah the calories and stuff because if sometimes if you might look at this and go that's got loads of fucking for example lentils for example you'd be like oh it's got really good proteins but it's also really high in carbs because it's a predominantly a carb source so before yeah. you start smashing your 140 grams worth of protein in lentils bear in mind you're going to be smashing on a lot of uh, calories at the same time i mean
1: this is so. the thing is like when people ask me like uh well what is a good protein shake in particular There's two major things. I Well, no, technically there's a load more. But I mean, the main things I look for is one is an actual decent company. If I'm seeing a brand I've never heard of before on eBay and it comes in like a just a white bucket with no tag on it straight away, you know, I'm going to be a bit suspicious. But also like how much protein am I actually getting here per calorie? You know, so if it's like 15 grams of protein and it's like, 300 calories and the rest is coming from like fucking yeah like fats and carbs etc that's a no-go to me but of course there's also things like taste etc and of course price but yeah one of the big things is is looking at how much of a protein yield I get per calorie and that's one of the reasons why I like the juice is because for 20 grams of protein it's 84 calories that's brilliant Do you know what I mean to, to me that's good, yeah, it's good. that means that I can spend my my the rest of my calories on other food or other macronutrients
0: if anything, it means one of your meals in a day doesn't have to have high protein. It could be you could have like a proper naughty meal, which is just yeah. high in fats and carbs. Yeah. Because you've you've if, had if had you're had that inclined, there,
1: yeah, it? you can do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, crack on. Uh, well, the I thing think. is as well, this is another little uh, important thing is that if people are in like a calorie controlled diet, depending on what their activity or what their sport is, especially if they is actual sport and not just an activity, they might have to. Di- they might want to be distributing their macronutrients in a in a certain way. So, for example, if I was an an endurance athlete like a runner or a cyclist, a fair amount of my diet is going to want to come from carbohydrates. But I don't want to be. But at the same time, I want to be getting protein in. But a lot of my calories, I want to be saving for carbohydrates. So I don't want to be spending the vast majority of my calories on a protein shake. But it's like low in protein when I need to save the rest of those calories for like a high-carb source, do you know what I mean? So for me, some like protein juice, it's like, okay, I still get a nice, decent whack of protein, but the calories are low enough that I can spend the vast majority of my calories on a carb source, do you know what I mean?
0: So if we move on to the the last part of the show, then really this is something that I've seen time and I even get people I've heard people you know say it to me you know fairly recently to be honest. Um, it's a bit of a wives' tale this one. So you shouldn't have those shakes; they are bad for you. Um, yeah. And this is basically something you see quite a lot. And this this is normally in regards to the kidneys and the liver, saying that having all these protein shakes, having too much protein is going to like fuck you up. Uh, and especially shakes and, it shakes if in they particular. Were to have a st- yeah, if they were to have steak every like for every meal, that'd be fine. But if I was to have a shake every meal, all them shakes, all them shakes are they inherently dangerous? Those shakes. There was oh.
1: actually a story about this in one of those um, gossip magazines not so long ago. It was a few years back, and it was a lady saying how her daughter died because she was consuming protein shakes. Now, don't get me wrong, it's absolutely god awful what happened there, but in the small print it mentions that she had an under she, she had like an under- detected Health issue, which was if you issue. had kidney disease, yeah, was well, that so that's the thing? That. Is it dangerous if you've got chronic kidney disease? Yeah, could be, yeah. but for the vast majority of people in the world who don't have these underlying issues, it's, it's fine to consume a high protein diet, but this is why. Whenever someone wants to make a dietary change, which includes high protein, just to cover my own back, I always say you need to go to your doctor first and just mention this, just in case I don't know what their medical records are.
0: Yeah, I mean, your family history, you could do a simple thing of like asking asking someone in your family.
1: One of the first things I ask people is, do you have any history of CKD, chronic kidney disease? Yeah, but other than that, for most for the vast majority of people we can yeah, we can compose I'm
0: going to back this up as well with a few extracts that i found uh, from some um, some some sort of stuff we are reading uh, online so first bit is basically multiple review articles indicate that no controlled scientific evidence exists indicating that increased intakes of protein pose any health risks in healthy exercising individuals Uh, Statement two is statements by large uh, regulatory bodies have also indicated that concerns about one's health secondary to ingesting high amounts of protein are unfounded. And then next one, a series of controlled investigations spanning up to one year in duration utilizing protein intakes of up to 2.5 to 3.3 grams per kilo per day. So bear in mind, we we said 1.6 earlier, which is the normal. And these people were for up to a year were having 2.5 to 3.3. Uh, they were healthy, resistance-trained individuals, uh, and they consistently had this amount. Uh, and basically, it had no 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 harmful effect on blood um, lipids or markers of kidney and liver function. So they were having a serious chunk of protein a day.
1: That's like yeah. f- for me, that's like three hundred grams of protein a day. That a lot
0: yeah. of nandos. And basically, they had no issues really. And that was up. That was following them for a year. And that was just, that was you know that was just one investigation. It was a series of them.
1: But just to stress. The context is as long as you've got healthy kidneys or, and you know, there's no other underlying health issues. Yeah. yeah. But protein is relatively safe for the general public that don't have CKD or other underlying health issues.
0: It's just worth finding out, really. If, yeah, if, if, you are, if, you that, if you are that worried, just, just find yeah. it out. It's not too difficult. I mean, I say it's not too go
1: difficult. Go
0: to your GP. We say go to your GP. In times of this, mate, you're fucking impossible, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it does well. I don't even know if my GP's still alive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 you don't know, say a joke, though is it? Fucking hell. Um, I think we've uh, we've hit that we've done that. We've wrapped that up pretty uh, pretty good. I think we've we've hit the nail on the head there.
1: I mean the thing is like protein is one of the most I say one of, it is the most popular supplement, mm-hmm. I believe, in this industry. And the thing is it's it's not just people that exercise, it's not just individuals that partake in weightlifting or sport. Or even, you know, if they have a goal of, say, body recomposition or fat loss, the general public could just take it as well just to supplement their intake for health in general.
0: Yeah, I think I'd always, as I said, I would always say, if you can, get a food, always
1: aim standard yeah, food. food. food because, I don't like saying real food, but standard food. No,
0: real food, yeah, standard food, yeah.
1: you staple of your diet. But if you have one of those kind of lifestyles where you're all over the place, you know, you can just a protein shake on the go and have that for your breakfast or right before bed. whatever you want Mm. but I mean uh, yeah like uh, there's various applications of who should or who could you know consume protein and the vast majority of us can for all various reasons but the main reasons or the main applicability for having a protein shake is one just building muscle and two it can help you in regards to body recomposition and fat loss because yeah it increases satiety and it can also mitigate muscle loss when you're dieting so yeah there's definitely applicable reasons why you should have them hail protein hail protein um
0: if you do need more help with anything protein related our email is down in the show notes you can always just drop us an email we can we can help out uh, the best we can we'll also have a list of some of the proteins we've mentioned in today's episode so if you want to grab some yourself you can obviously, obviously do that shall I quickly do a summary Go on then, if you want to
1: do a summary. Rightio. So, I'm nervous now. What, what are you doing? Did you, we, well, I was going to talk about Minecraft. I was going to do a summary of Minecraft. I was about to say, you,
0: you're your Minecraft right now, about to read
1: one of the fucking extracts. Yeah, I've been extracts playing where? the whole time. Where do you think I've been reading my sources from? I've been, I've been dodging spiders, skeletons, these weird villager people. Uh, but no, hitting all serious, look. In regards to how much you should be having, it depends on your goals. Now, it does say between 1.4 to 2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. If you're not, let's say, you're not in a calorie deficit and you're just looking to build muscle, perhaps you could go into the lower end of that. However, if you're in a calorie deficit, then perhaps go on to the higher end of that number. In regards to how much. You should spread your protein out throughout the day. It's completely up to you. It doesn't matter if it's one, two... Well, it does matter, but the major thing is is that you just hit your protein goal within a 24-hour period, basically. Protein sources, there's loads of different ones. You know, there's loads. We said vegan, isolate, there's clear, there's casein. The, which one you should get depends on your preference, but also there's other little contextual reasons why you might want to have something like isolate. So if you've got uh yeah stomach issues, etc. If you're vegan then you're probably, you know, going to want to have a vegan shake, believe it or not. But another thing as well is another benefit to protein in general is that it also decreases DOMS. So yeah, there's that as well.
0: Oh bonus, bonus, bonus tip. Oof. Yeah, a little
1: bonus tip there as well. And yeah, that's basically it summarized protein's oh, nice. fine it has its benefits and that's the applications for it
0: there you go episode episode one of the brand new supplement series
1: wrapped up yeah um, and i hope we get to talk more about minecraft as well we, we will be going more into minecraft <laughs> <We're going laughs> i'm putting minecraft back
0: we've really got that coming back quality. baby <laughs> oh god people got that if you ever if you ever enjoyed this one and you uh you want to hear more about minecraft then yeah make sure you are subscribed slash follow to the podcast but uh, our next episode in a serious note will be about uh multivitamins in this particular series where we're going to dive into that sort of vast world we're also going to look at certain things like vitamin d b12 all those sort of specific ones which could be quite useful as well but that should be a good episode so that'll be on the next uh edition of the supplement series um but yeah it's been a pleasure as always uh and we'll speak to you all again very soon
1: I want to go have a shake. I'll see you later.
0: (laughs) As always, thanks for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this first episode of our brand new series, Chatting Supplements. If you did enjoy it and you want to make sure you don't miss out on the rest of the series, make sure that you are subscribed slash followed to the podcast where you listen. On Apple Podcasts, it's a subscribe button, and then on Spotify, it's follow. I'm not really sure on the other platforms, to be honest with you, but it'll probably be something along those lines. But yeah, if you are enjoying our stuff, make sure you do push that sub slash follow button as you'll get a notification every single Monday when our new episode goes live. So we will see you next week, same time, same place for a brand new episode. See you soon.